Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. We will worship you, Lord, because unto us there is no other God. Unto us there is no other being that deserves and is worthy of worship but you. For with you is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see the light. Oh, you are strong and you are mighty. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And even tonight, Father, we celebrate you. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. You have shown us love beyond comprehension. Our minds are blown by your faithfulness. Our hearts are lifted unto you, the King of glory. We say that blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Indeed, your righteousness is like the great mountains. And your judgments, they are a great deep who can understand them. O oh Lord, you preserve all things, both man and beast. They are under your care. And if we are here today celebrating the first Sunday in the last month of the year, it is because you have preserved us. How excellent is your loving kindness, our God. Therefore, the children of men they put their trust under the shadow of your wings. And as they do so, they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of your house. With abundance that only you can supply. Because you make them to drink of the river of thy pleasures. We have come to drink this morning. We have come to drink this morning. For with you is the fountain of life. And in thy light, we shall see the light. Glorify yourself in our midst and speak to us in Jesus' precious name. Somebody shout a big amen. I said shout a big amen. Give the Lord a clap of praise and celebrate the Lord. And do something right now. Go to three people around you and tell them you are looking gorgeous. You are looking handsome. You are looking beautiful. Come on, if the person is not smiling, put your hand on their face and tell them to smile. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. We give God all the praise. Let's kindly take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus is the author 
and the finisher of our faith. So when it comes to our walk with Jesus, it is a walk of faith. It is a walk of faith. The faith that we have professed and have received has an altar, meaning an initiator, a beginner, a source. And so when we walk with Jesus, it is a walk of faith. And the Bible says that not only is he the source or the author or the beginner, he is also the finisher, hallelujah, or the perfecter, glory to Jesus Christ. So everything with Jesus and everything that has to do with God is about faith. It's about faith. Glory to the name of the Lord. And I pray that tonight your faith will be ignited by the word of God. The book of Romans chapter number 10 Verse number 17, the Bible is very clear and very emphatic. The faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, the verse number 6, he said, But without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when our walk with God, is brought into perspective everything is about faith everything is about faith uh, in the book of Luke chapter number 1 verse, verse number 45 it said blessed is she that believeth uh, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her of the Lord there shall be a performance of those things which were told her of the Lord if there you are a desiring for a performance performance of God's word in your life, you must start by believing. And that believing is a direct product of God's word. Like Romans chapter 10 verse 17 told us, glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I pray that to this morning God will minister faith into your spirit and may that faith bring a performance in your life. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Say, Father, I am ready for your word. Speak to me. My heart is open. My mind is prepared to receive with humility your very word. That shall save my soul and lift me to my next level of glory. Thank you, Father, that you are with us this morning in Jesus' name. Somebody shout a big amen. And so, precious Holy Ghost, this house is your house. Our hearts belong to you. Our minds belong to you. Minister to us. And Father, anoint these lips of clay. Let them minister as oracles unto you. And let your children never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Like I started sharing with you, everything with God is about faith. Hebrews 11, the verse number 6 is very emphatic. It's very clear. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is not our works that please God. It is not our beauty that pleases God. It is not our academic laurels and qualifications that please God. It is not the neatness of our suits or how gorgeous our dresses are making us look that please God. It is not even our offerings that please God. Hallelujah. Everything that will ever please God is premised on faith. And he said that without faith it is not difficult but it is totally impossible to please God. A man came to Jesus and the man was looking for deliverance for his son who had been plagued by an evil spirit. And he said that master if you can do anything help us. Jesus taught him that it is not about whether I can do anything. He said if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believes. 
Everything is available to him that believes. So, therefore, faith is a conveyor belt for supernatural manifestations. Everything that God has available for us in the realm of the spirit, if we want to see it in the physical, we want to see a manifestation. That is what performance means. If we want to see a manifestation, we need to translate them from the spirit and bring them into the physical. And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible. Come on, listen. Uh, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, do you see all things around you? Is there everything you see? Do you see everything in your life? Everything you desire, do you see it in your life? Everything you are hoping, do you see it in your life? Do you understand me? But the fact that they are in your heart means that they are present. The Bible says that all things are yours. So if all things are mine, why is it that when I was coming today, I wasn't driving my dream range rover, my goodness, uh, so that I can stretch my legs a bit. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Why didn't I come to the light? You know, there are some cars you don't drive, you don't sit in it, you lie in it. Glory to Jesus Christ. Why didn't we come with that? But you see, if the Bible is to be true, he says all things are yours. So where, where are the things that are mine? They are in the realm of the Spirit. They are in the realm of the Spirit. Hebrews chapter 11, the verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there are things that are not seen. Oh, come on, am I, am I talking to somebody? There are things that are not seen. So that means that your access to resources is not only limited to the visible. You have access to resources which are even from the invisible realm. The invisible realm. There are things that God has made available for every one of us which are beyond our physical, our, 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 our optical eyes. We are, neither can we hold them tangibly at a certain point in time, but that does not mean they are non-existent. So he says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. There are things that God has made available, yet currently they are not visible. Praise God forevermore. This same thing applies to our finances. It applies to our finances. Anything that you can receive from God, you must receive it on the platform of faith. Is it healing? You can receive it by faith. Is it joy? You can receive it by faith. Is it deliverance? You can receive it by faith. Also finances, you can receive by faith. So this morning, I just want to share with you briefly on the subject, faith for finances. Faith for finances. How can we use our faith to access financial blessings from God? This week, uh, we have been fasting and we have been praying. And what God gave us uh, as our theme for this period of our spiritual engagement is more than you can carry. May somebody receive this reality in his life. May somebody receive this reality in her life in the name of Jesus Christ. More than you can carry. More than you can carry. And in Second Chronicles chapter number 20, you see over there a manifestation of God's goodness in the life of Jehoshaphat and the entire nation of Judah, where God defeated their enemies and he gave them more than they could carry. In the verse number 20, he told them, uh, Jehoshaphat told the children of Israel, the people of God, that you believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall 
shall prosper. Why? Because God had given them a prophecy of his intervention some verses earlier. So he now tells them that believe the prophecy. Believe the prophecy. And if God has given us a prophecy that you are going to receive more than you can carry, you better believe it. I say you better believe it. Do I have a believer over here? He said, believe it and you will what? Prosper. You will do what? You shall what? Now, you go to the very next verse. They were now supposed to go and meet their enemies in a battle which is either do or die. The Bible tells us after they received the prophetic word, they, were, they took their places on the battlefield. But before they could even uh, engage in any act of war, the Bible says that they aligned at the very front of the, of, of the soldiers of the army. Oh, the, the priests which were involved in singing praises. And they began to sing that praise the Lord for his mercies endure forever. Now, which which uh, battle strategies will go to war against an enemy, an enemy who's, who is so numerous that the Bible said they occupy the valley. They occupy the valley and you go with singers. Are you not supposed to go with the best, uh, 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 those who shoot arrows, the best ones, the best soldiers are in the front so that they can break through the enemy camp. But they went with a strategy of praise. A strategy of praise. Why? Because they had a prophecy. Because they had a prophecy that they were, they were, they were leaning on. The Bible says, as they began to sing, look at, look at the next verse, uh, the verse number 22. Now, when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the, the Bible says, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon. Ambushments. Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were totally defeated. God sent ambushments against their enemies. Why? Because of two things, or rather three things. Number one, they had a prophecy. Number, in fact, uh, four things. Number one, in fact, five things. <laughs> Am I going to six? Let's stay, let's stay with the five. Number one, they had a problem. In life, everybody has one problem or the other. They had a problem. Number two, they engaged the altar of fasting and prayer. The altar of fasting and prayer. You read from the verse number one, they, uh, there's a problem statement. All these three mighty nations, Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, were coming against them to totally obliterate them. So they had an issue, a crisis that was beyond their natural ability. And then they began to engage the altar of fasting and prayer. So that is the second thing that they had. The next thing that comes is a prophecy. A prophetic word. And that prophetic word said that you don't need to fight in this battle. And God said he was going to totally destroy their enemies. That prophecy went ahead of them. And they believed in the prophecy. They believed in the prophecy. So Joshaphat re-retreats or re-emphasizes the prophecy uh, by telling them that, hey, you believe in God and you are established. But now you are supposed to believe in the prophecy. And not only will he deliver you, but you are going to prosper. I thought they were looking for deliverance. Why was Joshua telling them about prosperity? Why was Joshua telling them about prosperity? I believe Joshua was speaking by a prophetic insight over there. So they have a prophecy now and they are engaging faith in the prophecy. Then number four, they engage in praises. 
celebrating God for what he has done. Celebrating God for what he has spoken to them. Then number five, they took their places. Now all of these things are acts of faith. One, emphasizing the prophecy by confession. Believe in his prophets and you prosper. The confession aspect of faith. Two, the thanksgiving aspect of faith. Praising God. Celebrating God. Three, the action aspect of faith. So faith is in, uh, I, uh, from here we see three manifestations of faith. First of all, their confessions. Second of all, their praises. And third, they took their place. Many people are believing that God will bring them prosperity or a change of story, but they don't do anything. If God is going to bless you, He said, I'm going to bless the work of your hands. But there's no work on your hands. You are not taking your place. You are not, there's no action of faith. There's no step of faith that you are taking in any area of your life. How is God going to bring His glory unto nothing? Nothing is zero. Zero times one is what? Zero times ten is what? Zero times hundred is what? Come on, that is because it is lower figures. Zero times one million should definitely give us something else. Oh, come on, talk to me. Even one million? No, no, maybe it's because it's the numbers I know. Zero times one billion. That's what? Hey. No, no, I sure you went to a good school at all. Hey, are you sure? Is it because if you go, go to certain schools which have bluish colors, it doesn't usually work very well. Is there except people who do fake things and then they give you some awards. But other than that, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. We'll go into our camps with our, 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 our protest. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Okay, okay, zero times one trillion there, at least we should have something. So if there's nothing, you have not taken any step of faith. You have not positioned yourself in any way. No matter the blessings of God that come, it will still bring nothing. So they had a problem. They engaged fasting and prayer. They received a prophecy they heard from God. You always need to hear from God if you are going to see a breakthrough, if you are going to see an intervention, if you are going to experience a miracle. People are like, oh, I prayed and prayed and prayed. Yes, you prayed, but did you hear from God? Do you have a prophecy that is guiding you? And then they engage faith by thanking God. And then they engage faith again by taking their positions. What was the end result? Let's go back to Second Chronicles chapter number 20. What was the end result? The Bible said, and they were totally defeated. Eh? Second Chronicles chapter 20, we're at verse 22, right? Verse 22. And their enemies were totally defeated. Look at what happens in the verse number 23. The Bible tells us about the victory that God gave them. And the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. So that was the, now he was giving us a de- the details of their defeat. They rose up against themselves. Two of the nations rose up against one nation. And about that, they utterly killed and destroyed them. My goodness. The word utterly means totally. It means completely. They killed and destroyed them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Mount Sir, now the two nations have ganged up against the other one. Now they turn against each other. Can you imagine that? That is how God is going to, what God is going to do amongst your enemies. It is called ambushment. God, listen, there are some battles in life. If we can learn to trust God, God will step in all the time. Are we together? I said God will step in all the time. 
The other day, one of my daughters came to see me, and she was telling me about uh, something that her father had called her to tell her, that because she had decided not to listen to what he was saying, he was not going to pay her fees anymore. He was not going to take care of her anymore. She was shaking, petrified. She was worried about what the outcome could be. When she came to see me, I said... I, I told her, why are you worried? If I, why are you worried? I said, why are you running? Why are you worried? Why are you concerned? I said, I thought, she said, because I said, no. I said, you know how we do it. Hallelujah. When you have a problem, don't get worried. You know how we do it. How do we do it? We engage in prayer. We engage in trust. We engage in faith. We know what to do. So we prayed and we said that we are going to, she was going to, so it was in the morning, after morning service. And so I said, come for miracle service, I will pray again. You know the amazing thing. By the time she got home, this same dad called her and said, uh, my daughter, I think I didn't talk to you well. Now, what is it that you need in what you are doing that I said I don't like that you are doing? So that let me know, quantify the money and let me send the money to you. So you see, God can step in. God had ambushed the father. <laughs> God had totally, a man's mind had changed all of a sudden. This is ambushment. So some of the battles that we want to fight, we should just leave them for God. We should just leave them for God. They were getting ready to fight. They said, no, God has spoken. And so let us go with praise. And now God enters and begins to engage in some uh, divine spiritual battle technology. Gathered guns at the two uh, nations against one. Totally destroyed them. And when they were, whilst they were celebrating their victory, they just were, I said, no, I don't like the shape of your face. Let me kill you. And they start killing each other. They totally destroyed each other. Give me back the scripture. So uh, Ammon and Moab now also stood up against the inhabitants of Mansa. And when they are totally destroyed them, the Bible says they they held. <laughs> the scriptures are amazing. Look at that. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sir, they helped to destroy one another. So it means that uh, if let's say this side of the church, this is. Uh, um, um, okay, so there are three sides. This is Ammon. And I look at your faces, you look like Ammon. This is Moab. <laughs> I can see Moab people, they are not very good. And this is Mansa, because some of them came from the mountains over here. Glory to Jesus. Which of you are coming from the mountains? I- I'm prophesying over here. <laughs> and so, these two people don't like mountain people. So please get ready. The way you are celebrating, you are about to die. So they gang up and they totally destroy this entire, and they took them out of this place. Now, when they are finished, they now said, ah, I don't like you, you start with A, I start with M, I don't like A people, M people, I don't like A people, A people, I don't like M, and then they start killing each other. The Bible said they helped to destroy one another. So that means that after they had managed to kill each other, and then they were left with two people, they said, no, let me help you kill me. And so you, you put your knife, and then, okay, are you ready? When I come to three, then we will kill each other. One, two, three, four, and then, ah, we are nice, brother. I'll see you on the other side. Glory to Jesus Christ. God can totally destroy your enemies like that. They help to destroy one another. Do you look at the English? Do you understand what that English means? They help each other to destroy themselves. When God sets himself against you, Oh, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for you. Now, whilst they were doing all of this, there was a fourth nation. 
They were the ones with the prophecy. They were the ones with the praise. They were the ones with the faith. The Bible says that, and they came. Look at the verse number 24. The verse number 24. When Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude, and there were their dead bodies falling to the ground. No one, look at that, not even a single one. No one escaped. Wow. That is how thorough God is. God does not make mistakes. He doesn't leave things undone. He doesn't leave any stone unturned. The Bible says no one. And when the Spirit of God is sharing something to us, He wants us to take notice of the details. He said not a single one. Look at the first time He said they utterly destroyed and killed and destroyed them. I was wondering why he should kill and destroy them. Killed would have been enough. But he wants us to know the degree and the extent of annihilation. He said that they utterly killed and destroyed them. And now with this group too, he says that not a single one, no one was left behind. Can I prophesy to your life? Nothing that is fighting you will be left behind. No enemy of your soul will be left behind. Nothing that has supposed to destroy you will be standing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No one escaped. Now, look at verse 25. That is the most beautiful scripture for me in this season. He said, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil. You know, the spoil is the product or the results of your victory. So, if you have managed to conquer your enemies, all that your enemies had now become yours. Somebody get ready for a spoil. I said, get ready for a spoil. The Bible said, they gathered, they came to take away the spoil. And they, the Bible said, and they uh, found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. My God. An abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. And precious jewelry. And they stripped off for themselves. Which they stripped off for themselves. More than what they could carry away. So, can you imagine three mighty nations and every one of them they have some gold, have some jewelry, have some valuables on the dead bodies. And the Bible tells us that the numbers of the enemy army were with, they were without number. So by the time they are taking up gold, jewelry, valuable things, money, dollars, pounds from their bodies, in one day they could not finish. The Bible says more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil. Why? Because there was so much. Because there was so much. I prophesy into somebody's life. The blessing that God you are expecting from God, it will be too much for you to carry. I said it will be too much for you to carry. I said it will be too much for you to carry. One bank account will not be enough for you. I said one bank account will not be enough for you. You need to open an account in Access Bank. At, at uh, GT Banker, at Echo Banker, at Cow Banker, at uh, what Fidelity Banker, at Okonipa Banker. Oh my God! Who is other bank are we forming today? Hey! He said it was too much. Three days. Three days. Pastor Adeboye began to speak by faith many, many years ago. He said that one day God is going to so prosper me. That I'll go, I'll come to the bank, and then they will, they will have to hold all operations, send everybody home so that they will attend to me. My goodness. A few years down the line, it happened. They got the, the, God has blessed them with so much money. When they took the money to the bank, the bank had to hold every other operation, and it took them three days to finish counting the money. It happened live. God can so bless us. Say more than I can carry. You see, our faith is very little. 
Many of us, when we are thinking about God's blessings and God's help in our finances, we are just thinking about giving us this day our daily bread. But God wants to give you more than you can carry. Do you know you can get to a point where you don't even know the total amount of money that you have? You can get to a point where God has so blessed you that you, you, you have forgotten, hey, what is the last bank balance? Right, somebody's not getting me over here. You can get to the point, is it? At a certain point to every coin, you know. Oh, my God. Somebody knows the Momo, Momo account, right? You know the number. You know that if a person goes off, you know. They have been stealing because you can you know hey but God is gonna bless somebody to the point that almost it's so cry you don't even realize until you go by statement and even the statement you don't realize until you give it to your accountant. Oh that somebody is not getting me. That means that God is gonna prosper you to the point that you need an accountant. Somebody receive personal accountant. And that is the Jesus that we worship. The Bible tells us that God blessed him so much financially that he needed an accountant. He needed an accountant, Judas, the thief. And the Bible says Judas was even stealing small, small, small. And it's not that Jesus didn't know, he knew, but the money was too much. Only be, only be, only be. Only be. What are you talking about? Hey, Makataya. You go and meet two, a certain Christian, and he was fighting somebody at the marketplace. Hey, mix! Hey, what's it there? Fifty pesos. Fifty pesos. Ah! I saw a trending video on WhatsApp, and a certain man, I don't know where that was, he had held a mix, held him by the neck. Hey, put him on. Man, me, sister. My heart got broken. I, I nearly dropped my phone. <laughs> 50 pesos. 50 pesos. But God is going to bring us to a certain place. That even when men are cheating us, we are not worried. Because we know that the Lord is our supply. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Some of the battles and the fights that we are fighting with people is because we are we have there's too much poverty in the system. That is why we need faith for finances. We need faith for finances. And just like God gave them more than they could carry, God is going to give it to you. But how you need it on the platform of faith. Faith for finances means to trust God for our financial supply. And not only financial supply, but our financial increase. There are two dimensions of life by which God supplies us. Just enough. Give us this day our daily bread. What we need to eat. We are not looking for anything to save. We are not looking for anything to invest. At least what to sustain our dignity. You know you can live at, at a certain realm where God supplies all your needs. But then you don't have any excesses. You don't have anything that you can bless others with. That is a just enough level of life. Where you are living from hand to mouth. It is a blessing of the Lord that does that. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. My God shall supply all your needs. So you have a need and God can supply that need. So just enough. But that is not how God wants us to live. In fact, when you study the scriptures, even that dimension is a curse. If you came within this week, I shared it, I explained it to you. Looking into the life of Esau, how the blessing that he received turned, was, uh, turned into a curse. Where he was living from hand to mouth. 
Hand to mouth is not the will of God for your life. Hand to mouth such that every time before even your salary lands in your account, the salary is already gone. Every time before the end of the month you have to have borrowed. No, God doesn't want you to live that kind of life. In fact, the Bible says that you shall lend unto many nations and you will not borrow. So borrowing is not the will of God for your life. If you are somebody who has a habit of always borrowing, today end that habit and begin to trust God to supply your needs. End that habit. I don't know the last time I borrowed anybody's money. Of course, firstly, because my Faria dear. Amen and amen. And secondly, because I thank God that I began to learn about how God can supply my needs at an early age. At an early age, uh, somewhere in my late teens, it's early though, because some are still, uh, 50 years, they still don't know it, so it's early. Glory to Jesus Christ. I began to learn about those things that God can take care of me. God can take care of me. So one of the things that I, I tried to avoid was borrowing. Uh, your life is, is lifted by, and you will find it so easy. Oh, mommy, I'm so Oh, my three weeks, I'm Oh, three months, I'm going to Some dear, they even have the infantry. I'm going to be in the country. I'm going to be in the country. I'm going to be in the country. I, I'm, I'm like, if I give you this money, you pay. So I just look at what I can give away without it affecting me. And then I say, you take it. Glory to Jesus Christ. So we can live about borrowing. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised. And you shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. Lift up your right hand and say, I shall not borrow. No, this is the beginning of faithful finances. So confessing your finances. Say, I shall not borrow. Maybe you don't like เมนเนกาเกษมเมนเมนเนกาเบียเบจาวสันดิฟะกอสุเดเยเนเยเนเยคอนเฟชชั่นกันเซเนเยเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเอเ
So whatever the scriptures teach you that introduce blessings, you must work on it until gradually you are shifted there. Some now people look at me and they say that, oh, Pastor Eben has never struggled in life. I don't look like I've ever gone through anything in life. As a media, I had damn on me. You don't know what you are talking about. Please keep it in your mind before I slap your face. <laughs> don't come and tell me what you don't know. When I was lying on my bed and I was opening my mouth for air to fill my stomach, were you there? And I was a Christian. I was a spiritual leader. A prayer warrior. I was the head of transfer generation. <laughs> and things were my goodness. I, I could wear trousers and the, my goodness. Oh, I don't don't remind me. Don't remind me. When I, I remember when I was going to be handed over to, I was going to take an office as a prayer secretary. Jesus Christ. The clothes I was wearing, the, 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 the tie was borrowed, the suit was borrowed, the shoe. And loafers, you see the front, very dirty. And if the dirt alone was enough, I, I didn't have a problem. But there were holes at the front. Oh, I have to go and look for that picture one of these days. And one day I will display it in front of you. Because if you see me today, and it's as though this guy is a fresh guy. You know, there is history. I said there is history. Every baby, they buy. What your song? What your song? Do you know what that means? It means that if you buy beer, you go to hell. <laughs> I have finished them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Are you interpreting for her? Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. I have finished them. I have finished them. Don't recover again. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. We came from somewhere. But see, I believe the word of God. And do you know the amazing thing? When I started, it, it looked like it was not working. They said, you pay your tithe, you see God's intervention. I pay, the more I pay, the more I suffered. Hey! The more I pay, the more it seems as though things were not working. They said, when you serve God, God will turn things around. The more I serve God, my God, the more I suffered. But see, what was I doing? I was laboring to enter into his rest. By the time God transitioned me, I didn't know when the transition happened. I have things have changed. Things have changed. Now when I pay my tithe, I see tangible manifestation of blessedness. Sometimes I'm not I've not even paid the tithe. I've just put it in the envelope thanking God that Lord, I'm going to offer my tithe, and then the next breakthrough comes. You see, what was with the and what the time that it took me, it wasn't one month. It wasn't three months. It wasn't seven months. It wasn't one year, two years, three years, about five years. Still, I was still laboring to enter into his rest. Some of us are not consistent. We are not persistent. We are not faithful to the word that we have received. And so, after a little period of what seems to be like a delay, and it's as though things are not showing up, we say, no, 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 this Titan thing doesn't work. This Christianity thing doesn't work. If it's work, I should have seen some difference by now. We need to labor to enter into his rest. You see, some of us, our backgrounds, there are a lot of things over there. If you see somebody who easily enters into breakthrough, it is not because that God has favored the person more than you. Maybe the person has intercession that you don't have. Somebody has probably been praying for that person for years. Maybe their parents have paid prices that your parents have not paid. So, DS come easily. 
Do you understand me? But you, you know, your grandfather was a fetish priest. Your great-grandfather was a fetish priest. And it wasn't the good ones who were the ones who were killing people. And then you, by some special grace, you have become born again. <laughs> the old is gone, the new has come, but still, <laughs> then that name is still upon you. You have not come out of that spiritual quagmire. So the things at the first field that controls the happenings around you, they still need to be broken down. That's why confessions are important. Anytime you speak, you release force. You release power and you keep speaking. Anytime you engage in the word of God, gradually, I, it took me about five years to enter into that breakthrough. And now, when somebody looks at me, somebody said, I, uh, the way I speak, I, I speak like I, I went to an international school when I was a kid. I said, oh yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Of course, I, uh, yes, yes. Hey, I went to association international school. That's my school. It's an international school. Yes. Or station is international school. I went home, airport residential area. What are you talking about? It's not, it's not government. Okay, when I was going to government, I <laughs> Amen. But you see, I don't align with the, with the past, I align with the present. <laughs> now it's the school that they said I went to. I didn't go there. They said now it's a preparatory school at Cantonment. They moved that whole school because the school was owned by a, a rich man, and during JJ's time, he seized it. So it became a government school. So the family kept fighting, fighting, fighting. I, I don't know, there's something, there's something wrong with them. They didn't fight hard enough whilst I was still there. So that was enjoyed. When I left the school, before they went, they went to win the battle in court. Amen. But so that's the school I went to. Tigerbow, <laughs> red clay, we're all playing football in the sun. And you know, it's free me for international school. But my teachers, my teachers, my teachers, you better come and watch me back in the day. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So what has happened? One dose of the blessing can totally clean you from every struggle of the past. That people will look at you. God can bless you to a point when people look at you, they don't see any iota of suffering. They don't see any iota of pain. God can so bless you. So what do you do? Labor to enter the rest of God. Labor to enter the blessing zone. In the blessing zone. Oh, Proverbs 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord. It make a rich. And other no sorrow. So you can move from the just enough level of life. To the more than enough. And the more than enough you are operating in abundance. So God has not only supply. He also brings increase. He said the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. It makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Adds no sorrow with it. That is becoming your blessing now. That is becoming your manifestation now. Now, let me quickly finish this. I've been speaking a lot, but I've not even gotten to my second point or something. Why must God supply our need? Four reasons. Number one, because He's our Father. 
He's our Father. John chapter 1 verse 12, to, uh, verse 12 and 13 tells us that as many as believe Him to them, we give the power to become the sons of God. We're children not born of the will of flesh, but they were born of God. So if you're a child of God, you are born of God. God is your Father. And it is responsibility to take care of you as a child. Number two is a creator. Every creator must make provision for his creation. In Psalm 145, verse number 15 and 16, he says that the eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So he says that he gives to every one of his creatures what they need in their meat in their due season. He opens his hands like this and every one of his creatures they get satisfied. That is how great God is. He's able to supply the need of all of his creatures. So God will take care of you because number two, he's your creator. A responsible creator will make provisions ahead of his creation. Number three, he's our God. He's our God. He's our God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4. He said that here, O Israel, your God is one. He's our God. And as our God, it is his responsibility to take care of us as a subject. And then number 4, he's our king. We belong to his kingdom. Colossians chapter number 1, the verse number 13. He has delivered us and translated us from the kingdom or the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So we are in a new kingdom. And as a good president in our kingdom, as a good king in our kingdom, he must have plan for our supply. So anytime you are praying, you can say, my God, my father, my king, my creator, my whatever. It's when you do that, you are just calling the Lord. You better know your responsibility and somehow, somehow, you are tend to it. You are tend to it. So, God will supply you because of these relationships He has with us. Hear me. If you are going to receive from God and you are going to receive an increase, you need to realize that every Christian must take responsibility for their financial increase. You cannot depend on the church. In fact, in First Timothy chapter five verse fifteen, the Bible encourages people not to burden the church with their their, their physical needs. Encourages us not to put pressure on the church. He said that those who have widows, they should try and take care of their widows so that the church is not burdened and the church can actually now take care of those who don't even have any help at all. So, when you come to church, your focus should not be that, oh, the church must take care of me. No, you must trust God that God can bless you to the point that you actually are even giving to the church for the sake of others. Somebody said some time ago, that, uh, because she thinks that the, the, the responsibility of the church is to take care of the material needs of people. No, the best church you should go to is a church that teaches the word of God and teaches the truth. That is what you should be looking for. Not for a church that is giving sponsorship. Sponsorship is not re the reason for Jesus coming. The reason Jesus came was for our salvation. That is not to say that church wouldn't sponsor. And even if there is a sponsor, it is not for you to go and judge. Are we together? Oh, I said, are we together? There are some people who have made themselves church supervisors, church programmers. So they say, this one is a good church. This one is a good pastor. This one is a real man. What annoys me are those who say that you are a real man of God. Please don't come and tell me that I'm a real man of God. Though. I already know. Do you understand me? I already know. Of course, 
when they say I, I don't respond because it will not it will be discourteous to respond. But why are you saying you are a real man of God? What were you thinking yesterday? <laughs> Is it now that you have seen that I'm a real man of God? And who made you the judge to know whether I'm a real man of God? Are we together? I said, are we together? Why you are all judges of real men of God? Eh? No, 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 no. Real man of God. You are you go and get a cobra <laughs> and you, because you have used your own system to be judging. So, you don't depend on the church. Number two, you don't depend on your pastor. In fact, in Israel, the Bible tells us there were people who were poor in there. And even some of the priests were poor. When you look at, at the story uh, about how when Jesus entered into um, the, the temple and went to scatter the table of the money changers, they were the, it was the priests who were actually also thinking about themselves. And this, the, 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 what they were doing was that they were saying that the money that the people went to get from business and trade, it was evil money. So they have sanctified money in the church. So let's say, so I, I, I have 10 cities that is sanctified. So when you bring, your money is, is evil. <laughs> it's evil. So you have 20 cities. For each 10 cities of sanctified money, uh, you pay 20 cities for it. That's why the Bible called it money changes. So they were exchanging money. So the priest has some money that they had blessed. <laughs> amen and amen. It's just like uh, somebody who come, uh, a, 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 a preacher will come with a certain um, oil and say that this is oil that I have blessed. And I'm selling it to, the ch- I'm selling it to you. I'm selling it to you. So it has become business. They were not engaging in trade. Oh, go to prepare certain formulation and say that this one, if you apply it, you will be healed of this and that and that and that. So, for one one bottle or one bottle of this cream or one jar of this cream, it's five cities, ten cities, fifty Ghana cities. What is it doing? They're exchanging money. So you bring your money and he gives you something because he has. So that is. And so Jesus was very angry. The priest to just. Man for no confusion. <laughs> amen and amen. No confusion. So, so don't depend on the priest. Don't depend on the priest. Your pastor is responsible for his own prosperity. You are also responsible for your own prosperity. Do you know that we can have rich churches and uh, rich members and poor pastors? Because the pastor's uh, prosperity depends on his own faith in the, in, in, in the covenant. He has to work the covenant for his own financial prosperity. You can have a I remember there was a missionary who contacted me years ago. Uh, he was one of he was been a son to me for years, and he became a, he decided to do the work of God, became a missionary, and he belonged to one of the richest churches, which have branches in Ghana and Nigeria, and yet he was suffering. He was suffering. I even had to send him some few dollars from Accra, uh, from Ghana to Liberia, for him to be able to survive and take care of his family. Later, I realized that no, a man of God is not supposed to suffer like this. When we began to speak, I realized that even though he was a pastor, was receiving tithes of the church. He himself was not tithing properly. He himself was not tithing properly. In fact, it became so bad, he began to spend church money. Later, I had to leave the ministry. Came back to Ghana. Tried to start something. Things were still difficult. Now he has to now go and do additional courses, and now he's working for a certain company. He was a pastor. He prayed for the sick and to be healed. 
He told me one time about a certain woman who was in a hospital and had cancer. And the doctors had given up. And he went there and he invoked the fire. And the woman got better. And he was so poor. Faith for healing is different from faith for prosperity. Are we together? Are we together? So, even the pastor needs to work on his own prosperity. So, your faith should not be in your pastor that your pastor is supposed to give you some money. No, 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 no. no. He's supposed to give you the word of God. He's supposed to give you shepherding and nurturing for your soul. But he's not supposed to give you money. The best way you can say that your finances depend on him is, if, is on what he teaches you from the word of God. Because what he teaches you can make you prosperous. Are we together? Paul said, being poor, yet making many rich. Making many, many rich. So, don't look at your pastor for a physical need. Don't look at the government. About that case is the man who puts his faith in men. Who puts his trust in men. Don't look at your parents. Many years ago, I used to, I started getting bitter against my father. Because I said, ah, he's not giving me any money as my father to start life. I look at my stupidity. He paid my school fees since I was a child. I finished university. I still want him to give me thousand Ghana to go and start life. What is wrong with me? Poverty was killing me. Poverty was killing me. Don't look at your parents. If you want anything, look up to God. Look up to God and begin to take responsibility for your personal finances. This is a word that God gave me for the church. Look unto Him. Look unto Him. Look unto him. How do you step into the more than enough level of life? Understand that our prosperity, hear me, I'll be closing very soon. It's a covenant blessing. He said that our prosperity is not dependent on prayer. You don't get rich by fasting. Oh, are we together? I said, are we together? Look at that. He told them that believe in his prophets and you prosper. He did not prosper at the end. But then, even laying on of hands will not work. Laying on of hands will not work. What will work is an activation of the covenant. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, the verse number 18. The Bible says that, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he that given the power to do us. Get well. Why? So that he may establish the covenant which he swore unto his, your fathers as it is this day. So, the prosperity plan of God is a covenant. Let me write on. Say the prosperity plan of God is a covenant. It is a covenant. That means that God has his part and you also have your part. When you do your part, you engage him to do his. Faith for finances is understanding that it is a covenant. Now, how do you activate a covenant? I shared with you the terms of the covenant on Thursday and then on Friday. There is the giving principle of life. The seed principle of life. If you don't give, you will never prosper. According to the system of God. The supernatural prosperity that we are talking about is a product of faith. And the faith is, as, uh, is expressed through giving. Luke chapter 6 verse number 38. Luke 6 38, we are rounding up gradually. Jesus said, give and it shall what? Be given unto you. Pressed down, shaking together. Running over. Run, well, how? Running over. Simon, running over. How is that activated? Give. He says, shall men give unto you? Shall men give unto you? Many men have, can give to you, but they will never give to you, except you give first. 
pressed down, shaking together, ran over, is preceded by give. The only part you have in it is give. In that scripture, is give. So, by your giving, you activate the covenant. Genesis 8.22. Genesis 8.22. As long as the earth remaineth, there shall be seed time and harvest. Are we still in the earth? Come on, talk to me. Are we, uh, have we gone to Mars or we have gone to heaven? Are we still in the earth? So this principle remains. Seed time and what? Seed time and, seed time and what? No harvest time or harvest. Uh, is it harvest time? Seed time and what? You see, when you are reading the Bible, read very carefully. Very carefully. Very carefully. Because sometimes we miss some details. Seed time and what? So there's a harvest. But the harvest is preceded by your seed. So a seed time. So it means that it depends on you. The time you choose to seed. The time you choose to seed. So the seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Please understand me. Your giving is what breaks your personal financial limitations. You cannot grow above your level of giving. You cannot grow above your revelation of giving. Seed time and harvest. The Bible gives us various seeds. We have the tithes, we have first fruits, we have arms, we have uh, kingdom advancement givings, we have free will offerings, we have prophetic seeds. Whatever the case may be, please understand me. You need to be engaging these things. Your tithes, don't mess with your tithes. If you want to escape the, the financial holocaust and recessions, don't mess with your tithes. And don't, don't play, don't play come come sour with God. Oh, uh, somebody's asking, do I tithe on the gross or on the net? Do I tithe on the gross or on the net? Which one is your salary? Oh, come on, talk to me. Don't laugh at me. Which one is your salary? Oh, which one is your salary? The net is your salary. Which school did you go to? Is it, they are trying to do come see, come see. You don't worry, you go and give it on the, on the, on the net. Then that's when you meet God and he tell you that he never paid tithes. You say, I was giving on the net. So you say you are giving donations. And donations don't bring the blessings of tithing. Every blessing has its rain. And every, every seed, every giving has its particular rain. So if you miss that rain, you have, you have missed it. If you miss that seed, you miss that rain. And the rain is what brings the harvest. Glory to Jesus Christ. When you went for your, uh, your, you said God has blessed me, has given me an employment. They gave you your, your uh, appointment letter. What did they write over there? It is your gross, that is your salary. Uh, they took out the taxes. No, it was still money. It was an expense. It was an expense. Are we together? Oh, I said, are we together? You know, the salary workers are, are getting angry at me. Amen and amen. But I will get angry. Because what you sow is what you reap. You, God never owes you. There's nothing that you give God that He doesn't give you back. So, in this giving game, there's, there's really, you never, God, God doesn't owe anybody. It is your own blessing. What you keep will remain that way. What you put in the hands of God, it will multiply. It will multiply. It will multiply. So, your first fruits, your tithes, free will offerings, your arms given to the poor, given to your parents, your breakthrough seeds, sowing the life of your prophets, 
all of those things have their own blessings that come with it. Kingdom advancement project. In fact, when you study the Bible, there are so many kinds of givings. What will it? I will talk more about that uh, in the month of uh, in another session. But I want you to know that it is a given that activates the blessing of the Lord. Let's have a right hand. Say, Father, I receive faith for my finances. Say, Father, give me the grace to give. Say, give me the heart of a giver in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. You want to see increase, be a giver. Tell somebody to be a giver. Look at another person. Tell the person to be a giver. If the person is not smiling at you, you know that the person doesn't like your preaching. Amen, amen. Now, turn to a third person. Tell the person, be a giver. Uh-huh. Now you can see those who don't like the message of giving. But you see, that is what God has prepared for our financial prosperity. Have faith in your giving. Your giving makes you recognizable to God for that to be a, a, a release. When you give, the Bible says He gives to you. The Philippian church, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, said, My God shall supply all your need. You start reading from the verse number 10. It was because He had supported Paul in his ministry. It was because they had supported Paul. They had, uh, they had partnered with him. So now, they were ready to receive. Look at that, verse 10. Say, and I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Yeah? That now, at the last, your care of me has flourished again. Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked the opportunity. Because they had gathered money to go and use to support Paul. But Paul was a traveling missionary. So by the time they get to one location, he has already moved. So eventually when they got him, they gave him their partnership offerings. Their partnership offerings. And then Paul could now make that declaration of that blessing. My God shall supply all your needs. Listen, he didn't say, my God, or he didn't look at what he said. He didn't say, our God shall supply all. He said, my God shall supply all your needs. Because Paul's needs, God had taken care of him. And he had used them to take care of him. Now, he could now release that declaration that the supply of my God will come to you. So, your giving makes you recognizable to God. Look at Cornelius. Uh, when the angel came, he said that your, arms, your prayers and your arms have appeared before God. Through that, salvation came for him and his family. Salvation came for him and his family. There are some uh, Islamites who come and tithe to churches. Most of them went and checked their family track record. Eventually, salvation came to the household. Salvation came to the household. Bishop Boedepo spoke about one Muslim who God told him that I'm giving a certain property in, I think, Ibadan or so, as where you are going to have the Word of Faith Bible School over there, the, the ministry Bible School. When they went, he sent his um, assistant. When he got there, the caretaker was a Muslim. And the caretaker, he said, are you the owner of this building? He said, who is asking? What do you want? He said, we want to use this for a Bible school. Is this for a Bible school? Oh, I'll give it to you for free. I'll give it to you for free. In less than two weeks, that Muslim has become a Christian. Now, God is using him as an elder in one of the churches. Because, you see, giving has power. Givers, it will be difficult for a giver to go to hell. It will be difficult. For a giver, a covenant giver to go to hell. If it, it goes to hell, God takes the time and go and give Satan as a seedle. Jesus, there's a special grace that is upon givers. A giver going to hell. God even had to maneuver for an angel to come and tell, bring Cornelius out of his 
bring him into salvation. Which of you have experienced an angel coming and tell you that this is what you are supposed to do? But Cornelius was a giver. It made him recognizable before God. Look at Tabitha. Tabitha. The Bible says she got sick and she died. And poor Peter was in the next city. They, you see, a giver is too precious. I'm telling you. A giver is too precious to die. They want to call Peter. Ah, do you think that they are not done funerals for other people in that church? Oh, come on, talk to me. But for Tabitha, Dorcas, they said that we cannot allow Dorcas to die. No, no, no. She's too important to the church. She's too important to us. So they went to the next city and went to pull Peter. And said, Peter, you have to activate some things. When Peter came, Peter was probably thought he was come to bless their body and for them to bury. And they came and said, look, look, Tabitha, she's the one who did this for me. Oh, they pointed to the AC. They said, look, the AC was Tabitha who bought it all. They pointed to the LED lights. But Tabitha was the one who bought these three LED lights. All the other church members are chasing. But Tabitha. <laughs> the Bible says, so many of them started coming, showing Peter what Tabitha had done for them. Something moved inside Peter. I said, everybody step out. He went on his knees and began to implore the Lord. Then he said, Tabitha, you cannot die anymore. Arise! The Bible said that Tabitha came back to life. And he presented them, her back to the church. Why? Because she was a giver. She was a giver. He said, givers put a protective grace upon their lives. Tabitha did not come back to life because she was a prayer warrior. It was because of her giving. Your giving makes you recognizable before the, in the presence of God. Are you understanding me? Look at David. An affliction had come. Second uh, Samuel chapter 24. The Bible tells us that ah, the people were dying because of the disobedience of David. There was a plague. It captured about 70,000 people. It was like Corona. Killing and killing and killing. The Bible said God was merciful. He got to the threshing floor of Arona and he stopped. The Bible said and when David saw that God had stopped, he called the prophet of God and said, oh, God needs to, I need the message of God to turn this around. The prophet said, you know God. Quickly go and set up an altar and give him a sacrifice. The Bible says that David went to the threshing floor of Arona. Arona saw him come and said, Why? What are you come to do here? He said, I have come to buy your threshing floor and all the animals there so that I can give a sacrifice unto God so that you end this plague. You end this affliction on the nation. Arona said, Ah, the land is yours. The animals are yours. Go ahead and prepare a sacrifice. David said, No, I will certainly pay for it because I cannot give God something that costs me nothing. The Bible says the plague was sealed. The plague was sealed. What happened? David received recognition in the presence of God because he understood the principle of the covenant. Many people are looking for free things. Don't bring that to God. God will give you free things, but when it comes to him, pay your sacrifices. Pay your sacrifices. Psalm 50 verse number 5 said, Gather unto me, my people, who have made a covenant with me through sacrifice. Then he goes on to tell them, Hey, if I was hungry, I will not come to you. The castle of a thousand hills are mine. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. If I needed a house, I would not need to come to you. So why am I asking you for a sacrifice? It is for your own good. It is for your own good. It is not because the church has a need. It is because God has seen a need in your life. The widow of Zarephath did not feed the prophets because the prophet had a need. God was taking care of the prophets already. But because God saw that that widow was going to die, 
her child was going to die. Said, my son, you let me leave the supernatural way of taking care of you for now. Go. I prepared a widow to take care of you. The widow even didn't know that God was showing her mercy. The Bible said because of her act of giving to the prophets, she and her family enjoy sustenance throughout the period of the famine. Even to the point that when her child was, was going to die or died, the prophet prayed. So the, the, her giving made her recognizable, not only for supply, but for deliverance and for intervention. Your breakthroughs are dependent on your giving. Are dependent on your giving. Listen, brothers and sisters, if we don't understand these things, we will end up saying that God is not faithful. But you see, God is only faithful within the ambit of His Word. God does not go outside His Word. So when you are moving outside the Word of God, don't expect the faithfulness of God. Don't expect the faithfulness of God when you are going outside the Word of God. You want God to give you speedy answers to your prayers. Offer your thanksgiving. Psalm 50 verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows. Verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Your giving makes you recognizable before God. Psalm 41 verse 1 to 3. He said, as Psalm of David, blessed is he that considered the poor. He said, when you consider the poor, the Lord will deliver you out of trouble. He will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And he said, thou will not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. He said, thou will make all his bed. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. So even in your sicknesses, giving is that one thing that has unusual kind of blessings. Not only for finances, he delivers you from your enemies, he promotes you on the earth, he heals your sicknesses. He heals your sicknesses. I was watching a, a testimony by Pastor Chris Yakilombe. He said one day he was going to have a program in um, Canada, but he was in Nigeria praying and he started experiencing some severe pains. At the lower, at one side of his abdomen, he said he prayed and prayed and prayed. He said he made declarations. He said he shouted. He said he spoke softly. He said everything was working. Then he said he started negotiating with God. And now, as he was praying, he could see himself in a hospital bed in Canada. That he, the one who went to heal people, was now carried to was now carried to a hospital. He said he was concerned. Every time he prayed, he saw himself in the hospital bed. One day, a brother, uh, a fellow man of God, came to see him, and they were, they were fellowshipping. As they were fellowshipping, faith came into his spirit. As soon as faith came into it, you see, that's why you need Christian brothers whom you share the word of God with. You need Christian sisters, not gossip metal, people whom you share the word of God with. If your faith is going to grow, you need somebody, you don't need somebody who tells you that this is the latest news. Uh, did you see the shoe that that young girl was wearing? We will call her no more basso, achieve a song more, so you more basso, no. Yeah. Master, you don't need that. You should ask somebody here. Do you know the latest revelation of God from John 3 16? Wow. He said, as we were speaking, faith entered into his heart and he knew what to do. So he, he called his friend. He said, Let's go outside. The friends followed him. He went outside. He said, Ah, uh, you see, are you in this car? He said, Sit inside. Then he called for them to bring the key. And he said, Take it home. The friend was like, Ah, ah, ah. He said, Take it home. Take it to brand new S class that he had only driven once. Mercedes Benz S class. Take it home. He said, as the 
man of God drove the car and turned the corner. <laughs> he saw that the pain had disappeared from him. The pain disappeared from him. The pain had disappeared from him. And I love what he said. He said, I killed it with an S-class Mercedes. <laughs> My God. He said, from that time, and that was about 15, 20 years ago till now, no more pain. No more pain. Mercedes, they say, I killed the building in this class. My God, my God. Listen, sometimes your ransom for your health is in your hands. It's in your bank account. It's in your pocket. It's in your wallet. Let me just end this message. Listen, faithful finances, it works. It works. I'm telling you, it works. How did I push myself into the blessing soon? This same thing. When I heard about it, I started practicing it. When I was on campus first year, they were doing fundraising. I didn't have money to give. So whilst we were doing the offering, it was the dancing. You remember those days when we were in church and we'd be dancing to go and give the offering? How many of you have been to such churches? Yes. Amen. I think we have to do some one of these days. <laughs> me, I didn't have any money on me, but I was—I joined the dancing line. <laughs> oh, I had a pen. Radio. I had dropped my pen. That's how my giving life started. The next time, I had only six Ghana cities. Even that six Ghana cities, I lent it to a, a friend. I did a lady paid me, and I went to give it. I didn't have any money. I had to leave the church to go for evangelism because if they ask for another offering, I don't have anything to give again. And join the evangelism bus. We are going to a certain village in Ayedia to go and preach. And next year, I had 60 Ghana cities. 60 Ghana cities. I gave it down so I joined the evangelism bus again. Because that was all the money I had on me. Then I upgraded to 200 Ghana cities. Whilst I was giving the 200 Ghana cities, the Lord said that I should give 1,000 Ghana cities. I said, what do you mean? I've never seen that kind of money in my life. But I was thinking about the thousand Ghana cities. The man of God said, I don't know. But God is telling me that there are some people he wants. And he doesn't. There's a covenant. It was uh, Apostle Victor was preaching that day. The guest minister had not come. So he was the alumni uh, who was present. And because he had been a president of AGCN before. They said that, oh, this, uh, we know he's anointed. We they begged him and he came to uh, do the service that day. And he said, I don't know. But this thing is so strong that the Lord says you want to covenant a covenant of prosperity with some of his children. It's a sacrifice that they should give thousand Ghana cities. I said, Oh my God. After that time, I never heard of that. Somebody can even give thousand Ghana cities just like that before. But I knew of God speaking to me. My goodness. So I joined, gave my 200 Ghana cities, which was less than 800 Ghana cities. When my student loan came, that semester, I gave it all. After that time, it was about 250,000 Ghana cities. <laughs> I'm not so close to the end of that. Hey, I couldn't pay. Second semester, I gave out all my student loan again. My parents, they had registered me for student loan, so I should be able to be surviving. I couldn't buy handouts. I couldn't buy textbooks that my classmates were buying. Many of the handouts that I used to write my exam, it's during a, a week or two to exam before, I, I was reading my roommates and friends' handouts. When they want to study that, they have to go and sleep or pray. Because I don't have the handouts. I couldn't buy them. What was I doing? I was laboring to enter 
into the blessing. Liberate to enter into the blessing. After the second tranche of the second semester uh, student loan, still the thousand girls have not finished paying. I graduated, I left school 2010. I still not finished paying. I started working. The first income I, I got, shoo, I sent it there. It, I finished paying that pledge <laughs> one year after I made that pledge. But what was I doing? I was laboring to enter into the rest of God. I was laboring to enter into the rest of God. Today, I give thousand cities as gifts. I give thousand dollars as gifts. Are you understanding me? I broke the barrier. I broke the barrier. There are some places I'll never go again in my life. I have crucified it with my thousand Ghana cities. We took me one year today. I have crucified it with my student loan. I went hungry. I told you that time you have to go say, oh, God is going to say, what we do in three months. I didn't say why you are saying, my. You are laboring to enter. Be faithful. Be consistent. Don't give up. He said, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Rise up to your feet, everybody. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.